this is Marcus Thompson. I'm here with, with, with the homie, Draymond Green. Uh, this is a new day. It's a big day for you. Dre Day. It's a huge day. Um, you know, first off, just wanted to introduce myself. I'm Draymond Green, Golden State Warriors. I'm excited about today. Uh, Marcus and I launching a podcast, Dre Day. First time. Um, and pretty much what you're going to get here is I don't know what you're going to get here. You may get something about basketball. You may get business. You may get politics. You're going to get whatever I'm thinking, uh, whatever Marcus is thinking. Marcus may not be it's as going down. No, it's going down. unscripted as I am, but, you know, you're going to get what we're thinking and tune in because, you know, you never know what you're getting out of this. An introduction is not proper without you explaining to everybody the biggest key in your success, which is my prediction that you will be the, the best pick of the draft. Do you even remember that? I, I You know what? That's um, that's I think that's why this is so fitting. You know, when I look back on my journey, uh, Marcus tweeted, soon as I got drafted by the Warriors, 35th pick, um, after I had, after all the hours of sitting there looking and waiting for my name to be called, and he tweeted immediately, the Warriors just got to steal out of the draft. Now, pr- looking pretty genius as of genius. now. Genius. <laughs> genius. But, you know, I have to say he's one of the first people to believe in me at this level. And, you know, to kind of go full circle and here we are doing this podcast. Um, I wouldn't have chosen anybody else to do this with, you know, than someone who I am close with and someone who believed in me from day one when a lot of others didn't give me a shot in hell. I can't even front, though. I didn't, I didn't see this. I remember watching you in Michigan State, and I know what the Warriors needed, right? They needed somebody tough, needed somebody who can pass. They really needed a little bit of everything, right? So I was like, man, he can do a little bit of everything. What I didn't know was how smart you were a player, and I definitely didn't think you were like Bill Russell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, did you know you'd be a two-time all-star? I know you probably figured you'd be a champion, but – this has got to be crazy a little bit. You know, I mean, when I look back at it, I kind of look at it as the same way as, the, you know, when as a kid I looked at the NBA. You know, it was a dream that I always had. It's something that I always said, like, hey, I'm going to play in the NBA. I'm going to play in the NBA. People used to ask me, hey, what you going to be when you're older? I'm going to play in the NBA. All right, but when that don't happen, what's your backup plan? No, there's not a backup plan. I'm going to play in the NBA. And, you know, people would look at me crazy, like, this kid has no idea what he's talking about. And, you know, so I look, I kind of look at, you know, my basketball career in the same light as that, you know, whereas I said, hey, man, I'm going to make it to the NBA. I'm going to be an all-star. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And just in the NBA, I had no clue how that would ever happen or how, like, how is it even possible? What's the first step to it? I had no clue. I just knew it was what I was going to do, and whatever I had to do, I was going to do it. And then you fast forward to becoming an all-star, an Olympic gold medalist, an NBA world champion, all these things. Yeah, I said I would do them. And, you know, I believed I would do them. I had no clue how it was going to happen. Um, when you look at my first couple years in the league, I played sparingly. Uh, barely my rookie year and a little bit more my second year. Going into my third year, Coach Kerr had me slotted to play 10 to 15 minutes a game when yeah, he, he took was the like, job. Yeah, he's coming off the bench for us. <laughs> he, and I he, remember that. He told me that. You know, he said, yo, I cannot believe this has happened. I had you slotted to play 10 to 15 minutes a game. And so that kind of just goes to show where I'm thinking, hey, I'm going to be an all-star. But no clue how that's going to happen. Like, that's tough to do with 10 to 15 minutes a game. So to say I knew all this was happening is a lie. I didn't. To say I believed it is 100% true. Now, now we here because you have become like even, you know, all-star player and, you know, obviously great on the court, but you, you're a controversial dude. And part of that is because, man, you've always been the same, but now the spotlight is bigger. So now when you say stuff or you do stuff, because you've been saying the same stuff since uh, uh, you first walked into the league. I remember your first interview on, uh, you know how they had the draft workouts, yep. and everybody <laughs> shook. Everybody who come, they're like, oh, it's the media, I'm scared to say something. And you was talking about, man, I just balled on everybody. <laughs> I just be, yeah, I was the best player in there. 
how how different is it like i always wonder how do you manage this because we used to say the same stuff in year two and it was like whatever that's yeah. now it's like a national story you know our first time i remember that drive workout man um i destroyed jeff taylor and that's what jeff i said taylor, in my interview. I remember, yeah, I remember oh that. yeah they you know he was he, they, he in the league he's not um Although I think he's a really good player, yeah. and, and his time and I think some off the court stuff is kind of what got him. But um, you know, I destroyed him in that workout, and they, you know, they put me up against him and a few other guys, and you know, they had it was kind of like out of me and him in the draft, wherever some people would have me the twenty four pick in their mock draft, some would have him, and everywhere you look, people were saying it's either me or him, and so I was excited for that matchup, and uh. Like, I'll never forget it. I, I shot the shit off the ball that day. Um, that was every, before you. That was before. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. When did you shoot? You shot the lights out? In oh, I shot the lights out at that workout. Pete Myers was yelling, shooter in the gym. Shooter. I'm sitting there like, I don't know if I'm quite that much of a shooter, but I shot the lights out of it that day. And he couldn't put the ball on the floor. Every time he put the ball on the floor, I took it. So that was a fun day for me. But about, you know, about the um, – whole thing of me growing, like you said, in year two, I, I still said whatever I wanted to say. Uh, no one cared, though. No. It was just like, oh, well, like, either, oh, it's just Draymond talking, or it's this guy who doesn't play talking, or none of that. It's just nothing, no reaction. And, you know, as stardom, if you will, as my stardom has grown, I think people expected me to change. Like, oh, you're this star, you're, I don't view myself as that, but that's what people would say. You're an all-star, you're this in the league, you're that. Like, some things you can't say. And that's where I completely disagree. Um, I think so many times guys do listen and believe that. And I think they, you know, it's not genuine at that point. You know, they, they lose their personality. They lose their name to the team name or to the NBA. Like, I I'm, I love the Golden State Warriors. I love the organization. But I never want someone to think when they hear Draymond Green, it's just Golden State Warriors. I'm much more than just somebody who played for – a person who plays for the Golden State Warriors. I never want to lose my name. And so, for me – a part of that is always being me. And I think a lot of times guys get lost up in this league and lost up in the whole system to where they lose their name and they just become another guy. Whether they're a star or not, there's some stars who, who's lost their name. And I just never want to be that guy. I worked too hard for my name. You know, my mom named me this 26 years ago, almost 27 now. Like, I'm, I'm not letting that go away. So uh, You get old, just for the record. I am. I, it's, it's happening fast. Yeah. yeah, you getting old. So, but that's kind of that's kind of my theory right. on it. I'm not changing who I am because some someone say, "Oh, Draymond shouldn't say that," or "He's this, he's that." I'm not changing that. I'm gonna always be me. I'm gonna say what I want to say, and that's how I'm a rock. And if someone can't accept that, then I guess they just can't accept me. All right. Speaking of you, gonna say what you gotta say. Uh, we we got the biggest sporting event of the year coming up. Uh, and I know you're still heartbroken because you're a Michigan State boy. Le'Veon Bell did not get it done against the Patriots. Uh, I, I got Atlanta, but I'm going I'm to I'm confess I went to Clark Atlanta University, right? So, oh, so I, I okay. became a man in Atlanta. Uh, so some biasness there. You feel okay. me? So this is for Dirty Bird. This is for Jamal Anderson. You feel me? This is for old school Atlanta right here. This is for Freak Nick. You don't know nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the Falcons. I got Julio Jones, one of the greatest wide receivers of all the time. I'm going with the Falcons. All so right. here's the question. Do you side with the team that outed your team, or do you go with the truth? All right, so first off, I got two things to say about everything you just said. <laughs> Number one, I feel like you want Atlanta to win so you can fly back to Atlanta and go to Clark. Preach and, to him, Draymond. Know, and, and relive those moments that Preach you had to before. Him. Okay, so I understand that. I, I can dig that, you know. Um, can you imagine the parties in Atlanta, though, if they They're going to be sick if that was to happen. However, first off, number two, before I get to this, however, number two is you're an Oakland Raiders fan. The way you just preached about Atlanta. I did my four years, man. 
you, the you, way you just hey, you know I'm if Oakland I'm, if through I'm through. not mistaken, you are Oakland Oakland you know, Raiders you friend, know I'm right? Oakland through and through. Okay, exactly. You know that. My point. So let's make that known. <laughs> the way you just preached about Atlanta was mind boggling <laughs> to me. I mean, I thought you were selling them as your team. I'm so just like you know, let's, Atlanta. Let's put, let's put that out there for the people. But um, as far as my team go, number one, I am pissed about that. Uh, but let's not put that on Le'Veon. You know, growing uh, as much as he cuts and you know leave people's socks over there and the shoes the other direction. It's tough to tough to go with a groin injury. Hate to see it. Um, especially he was having a great playoff run, and if I think if Le'Veon play, we win, and he win. You we really win. believe that? One hundred percent. Now you just got through preaching to be about bias, and you really go. I think if Le'Veon's a game changer, you know, so Le'Veon play, all of a sudden you get a good, I'm sorry, good couple. Was that close? Break a couple good runs. Listen, it's 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 easy to look at the final score and say, oh man, that was a blowout. But if you look at the beginning of that game, we were a couple plays away from taking control of that game, and, and Le'Veon wasn't out there to give us those plays, and, and it happened. So, Le'Veon out there, I think we win that game. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that we win that game because we take control. We keep their defense out there a little longer, and then all that stuff started to play and started to become a factor. So, you know, uh, but, hey, pass is the pass. We're out of there. However, you know, I'm not – cheering for anyone like you you know my team's out so i'm not going to cheer like like you're doing for the falcons right now however <laughs> i do think tom brady and i hate to say that because he's a michigan man but you know i think tom brady and, and the patriots will, will get it done uh brady's pretty clutch he comes through in situations like that and just for me to think that bill belichick is going to allow a atlanta falcons offense who is who has been the best offense in the league, who has had pretty much the best quarterback this year, questionable. Uh, one of three, I say D. Carr and Tom Brady's right up there, best quarterback this year with him. Uh, most productive offense. You, know, I, I struggle to Falcons. believe. I struggle to believe Belichick isn't shutting that down. I, I just struggle to believe that. Now I could be wrong, and Belichick. May fail me, and well, not fail me because I really don't care, but fail my prediction. And you know, they may go on a tear, but I doubt. Are you really about to pick the Patriots, though? Like, real talk. Listen, Maddie Ice ain't doing that against a Belichick defense, first off. That's the best defense in the league. And then you got Tom Brady on the other side of the best defense in the league. Come on, man. I, I don't see that happening. Man, you sounding like a real Oklahoma City Thunder fan. Whoa. Celebrating, Whoa. celebrating, celebrating the team that beat you because, like, Thunder fans were celebrating the Cavaliers win. You celebrating another team. They beat you. Why are you going to root for them? I'm not rooting for them. You, I made that known. You I, I it. gave them prediction. You're supposed, supposed to be with me on Atlanta. I mean, they that, knocked your that, team that's, out. That's simply hating. Yeah. I'm not a hater. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, my team can't win it, so it's over. But I'm going to give my prediction, and my prediction is such, you know, Bill Belichick, he, he he's going to get it done. Speaking of hater, did you see what your fellow uninterrupted Nike comrade said about Charles Barkley? You know what? Bruh, I, first I, off, whew. was that lit or what? Speaking of Mr. I'm going to say whatever I want. Where's the quote you've given me like that? All right. Where's my fire? Like, <laughs> Listen, I got two I got, I, I got two different views on that. My first view on that, when I immediately read that, first, as soon as I read that comment, I said, oh. I said, oh. Ooh. Oh. It, yeah, destroy him. Like you know, real talk. That's that's the same reaction I, I, I had. I'm, I'm all for destroying Barkley. You know, I, I, Barkley talk a lot, um, a whole lot for a guy who has not won a championship. Who I've stated, which I've stated multiple times. You know, he. One, I think Shaq should talk about the champions. Um, Kenny should talk about the champions. Oh, you. So Ernie Barkley can talk about champions, but when when you're. When it comes time to speak about someone who has a championship, Barkley should be muted. They should have some type of graphic up there where you can, like, you know how on, um, what is it, around the horn where they just ice somebody out on the screen? They should be able to do that with Barkley 
anytime the name of a champion come up. So I thought that I thought that was incredible um, when I first read that. Then I looked back and to see what Barkley said, and and then my reaction was like, ah, oh, bro, like. I don't you know too far. Uh, you, you, I don't know if you yeah. need to go that deep, Brian. And for me to feel like that about Charles Barkley, Brian really had to cut deep. So if, if Draymond Green is showing, is feeling merciful, yeah, that was too far. That that was a bit. He went deep for something that wasn't as deep. However, it wasn't like it's one a, it's time an thing. accumulation yeah, of things, though. Thing, yeah. And so when you look at the accumulation of things. How long has Barkley been on TNT now? Probably ten years. More than that, probably. It's been. Decade. I mean, we can go just say 10. Just say, yeah. All right, so this is what, year 15 for Braun? So just if we go short end of the stick and say 10, that's 10 years Braun been listening to this guy just ramble, 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 and he just be yapping. So when I heard that, I said, okay, killing Braun. I like that. I like to see somebody destroy Charles Barkley like that. Then I stepped back and I said, okay. That's a little too far, bro. Then I thought about it again, and I'm like, hmm, that's an accumulation of stuff. Hey, may the best man win, and I think Brian won that Where, one. where did he Ooh, go too far? far? I feel like the Vegas. First off, like, this is risky territory for LeBron, right? You better be squeaky clean. You start throwing people's dirt out there in the streets. Well, it's like Barkley. Barkley one of them dudes. He ain't going to hold back neither. If he don't let him find some dirt, all you gotta do is send out a tweet and be like, "Send me some brown dirt." I mean, even if you find some dirt, what what type of dirt you gonna find? Yeah. Like him, like now it's back and talk to some woman when, like you're not fine. And listen, in the day and age we live in, if it was some real dirt, it we would out, already know about Brian. So he ain't gonna find no dirt like spitting in the kid's face, like Brian said. Like he ain't no, finding bro. that. It was the it was the. It was the part where he was like, he, he stuck on that stage. <laughs> like, he wanted to retire, but he came. I'm like, bruh, like, that's cold blood. He, he went deep. He like, went, flying to Vegas on All-Star Weekend and coming Sunday. Like, I don't know if he can find stuff like that on Braun. So, I think if you're going to come back with some dirt, number one, it's going to look like he say, she say. So, yeah. that's kind of sketchy to do also because now you it, it can it's always petty, look yeah, coward like. Yeah. Um, so you got to be careful with that. And and then if you do come back with some dirt, if you're going to take the risk of being that pen, it better be some real it dirt. It better be good. Because uh, so, then he coming right back at you. Yeah. Barkley kind of in a lose-lose right now. Only only thing he can do is go at Brian every time he gets the opportunity. To con- It's really no other comeback from what Brian did today. I mean, that was scorched earth. He went into him. That, but it got me thinking he lit feel a little bit. Is Brian about to just start checking off his list? Is Pat Riley coming next? Uh, well, David Blatt? Who, who getting shot next? Uh, I think you might have to call your homie. He might. <laughs> I think him and um, Pat Riley Pat had Riley. their differences. Nonetheless, they won two championships together. That relationship can't be that bad. Just my opinion. I don't know. Um, okay. I'm talking just from the outside looking in. The end of the day, yeah, we may have had our differences. Um, yeah, he, I couldn't run the franchise like I wanted to, from what I hear. Um, yeah, I got out of there, and Pat Riley wasn't too accommodating with what I wanted. You can say all of that, nonetheless. As a as a champion, you won two championships together, and I don't have two; I have one. We won two championships together. I can't be that mad at you, and you can't be that mad at me. Who who would you go after like that? Who would I go after yeah. like that? What would it take for you know? I mean, it wouldn't take much for me to go after somebody like that. So I'm just um, saying, you've been in the league quite a while. And I need I need one of them at some point. I just you need, need one of those. I need um, one of them scorched earths, all, no holes barred. I'm going in. I mean, this is going to sound really cliche, but I would go at Charles Barkley like that. <laughs> I think he got what he deserved. And like I said, it was a bit much. But nonetheless, hey, you got Bron going at Barkley. You got Le'Veon dropping diss tracks on Skip Bayless, Shrimp Bayless. Maybe if we come into the day and age where you just go, hey, Marcus, be careful. They going at guys who write up. Hey, I'm got ready. Got write-ups now. I'm ready. 
Be careful, I'm bro. I'm ready. I'm ready. All I'm going to do is come on here and be like, all right, Jeremiah. Let's, <laughs> let's get him. We can go at some. Let's get him. I'm all for that. I mean, you hold your tongue quite a bit, though. Like, you know, you did get suspended from game five of the finals. Uh, everybody calls you uh, a nut kicker. Yeah. Like, when you ready? <laughs> we we about two weeks from a Draymond explosion, or, or are you good now? I'm okay right now. Um, but I'll tell you what. Number one, the nut kicker thing is just—it's hilarious to me. Nah, uh, it gets on your nerves. It's—it's it, to the point where it's funny. Like I was telling somebody the other day, uh, a couple weeks ago, I said, "Listen." Where I grew up at, a lot of the people I grew up with are in prison. A lot of the people I grew up with. Strung out on something. Or dead. And when I look at the situation, all all three of those things involve the police. If you tell me, hey, man, police behind you. They following you. And I was on my way to rob the bank. I'm not still going to pull up to the bank and rob it. That's just stupid. So if I know the NBA is looking for me to kick my leg and kick somebody and I'm doing it on purpose, I know they're looking for it. They made a rule. They should have just put the Draymond rule in their rule book because that's what the rule is for. They made a rule. That's how you know you made it. You got a rule. I don't know. I mean, I think I made it already before that. So, But, I mean... If they're going to make a rule pretty much singling me out, you think I'm going to do the same thing over again? I'm going to find a new move. Like, I'm not going to go kick somebody, and I know they looking for me to kick somebody. That's just stupid. And so I'm not a dumb individual. What's the new move? Well, I never <laughs> had one in the first place. So it's, it's not a new move. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we, we get down and we battle and who made the best man win. But I'm not just going to kick somebody Tell like that. Tell the truth for the people. just don't make sense to The me. first one, uh, uh, this all began with uh, uh, Stephen Adams. Uh-huh. Right now, explain yourself. Did you kick him on purpose? Uh, all right. I'll give it to you like this. And you tell me if I did it on purpose. So I went up. Sold the call, got the call, walked away. Now they going to review. I'm I'm standing to the point where I I can't see the jumbotron the way I was where I was standing on the court. I couldn't see the jumbotron, so I had no clue what they were reviewing. Bogut was looking up at the jumbotron. He said, and he looked at me like with a shook look on his face, like, "Did you do that on purpose?" And I said, did what on purpose? And he was like, come look at this. This is bad. <laughs> so I walk over and I look. I said, damn, folks, that dude look bad. <laughs> nah, I didn't know even know I did it, but I so I didn't do it on purpose. Even after the first one, the game before that, like what was that game one? The game before that, first off, I didn't kick him. I did a Euro. And as I've always been taught, when you jump off your left leg to do a layup. Your right knee raises up. That's a basic layup. Well, if you're standing directly over the top of me and my right knee raises up when I'm going up for a layup, then that's probably what's going to happen. But I watched somebody actually on my team. I'm not going to single nobody on my team out. I watched it happen maybe I think it was the Portland game the other day with somebody on my team. The same thing happened where the knee went up. Your knee is going to go up when you jump off your left foot to do a layup. And then people try to say, oh, it's the same play. They're two completely different plays, first off. But like I said, and and the second thing on that is this. If I'm going to kick somebody, I'm going to kick you to try to take you down. I'm not kicking you with my shin. Like you're going to catch the tip of my foot wherever I'm trying to kick you. Or if I'm trying to kick you in the face, you're going to catch the bottom of my foot. In the face, you're not gonna catch my shin if I'm trying to kick you. So, I don't know. People are uh, too smart these days. Too bad the iPhones and stuff are smarter than these people. 
maybe the iPhone could have figured it out because these people ain't proven to be too smart to me. I'm just saying you got like hit three times off some, you know, things you did. You might as well just go all out one time. You know, um, for all three of my all three of my flagrant files or however many I had to come a day after. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ, like, let's be obvious, but not so obvious. Like, at what point would these be called in the game? Like, how is everything coming a, a day after the fact? Like, I, I'm, I'm all for, you know, uh, being transparent. But some things in life you just can't be so transparent. And I think that was one of those situations where things got a little too transparent for me. But... You know, hey, who? I mean, it got to the point where I'm just I I don't know what to think. But I'll tell you one thing that that did for me is um when like the NBA, you're not allowed to say much. You know, you can't say anything about officials and can't really say anything about the league office and and the way that is really controlled. Is by fear, fear of getting fined, fear of what's going to happen next, fear of getting suspended, um, fear of getting no calls. Nobody want to lose money. Fear. It's fear. That's how that's controlled. Well, when I was suspended from game five of the NBA Finals, that fear that I had, it's no more. Because the worst possible thing that could ever happen to me when it comes to basketball, other than not being able to play basketball anymore, is being suspended in the NBA Finals. Like, you suspend me for game 42. And a clincher. A clincher. Like, you can suspend me for game 67 if you want to, and 82, by the way. You suspend me in a finals clinching game, that fear that – you having everyone else, you no longer having me because the worst that's, that that happened to me, can happen to me, has happened. So um, earlier this year when it was, all oh, Draymond need to calm down, da-da-da this, da-da-da-da, you know? Because well, the only reason it looked like Draymond, and I, I don't mean to say that in talking to third person, I hate when people talk in third person, but I'm speaking as what I was reading. Only reason it looks like that is because the fear that everyone else has to talk. Everyone else is so fearful to say what they want to say that it, you know, it, it make everything that I would say stand out. I'm not afraid of that. So, you know, um, that's kind of my take on it. You know, that's when you see when you may see me doing something or saying something, there's no fear that's behind that because the worst that can happen to me has already happened. So from this point on, who cares? So I was at San Jose State for the uh, the inauguration of the Institute for uh, Sports and Social Justice. I get there. I'm a little late because I am a colored folk. <laughs> So I was a little late. CP time, I like that. <laughs> I was a little late, but when I walk in, they showing this this video of you donating some shoes. I was, and you guys were out of town, obviously. Uh, I know, I know you wanted to be there. And let me tell you, like, first off, Kareem is like he's one of those figures. When you see him, you're like, yo, that's Kareem, right? And you know, I've been around plenty of athletes, so it's kind of normal. But Kareem still make you go, that's Kareem. And uh, Jim Brown kind of has that presence, but man, he it was just weird to see this figure who's so big and strong and known for toughness. He's so like he's older now and he's got a cane, so it's like, wow, like life gets people, you know, <laughs> like nobody misses out the father time. So Absolutely. it was just it was just a trip seeing that. And one of the things that stood out to me, like even though with those big names and Dr. Harry Edwards, you know, who could fill a room, the most impressive people was Anquan Bolden. And Chris Weber. I mean, they the way they were talking, you could tell they had a post on what has happened and what's about to happen, and, and it had me thinking like, th there's there's got to be a new wave, and everybody's waiting for the next Ali, right? Waiting for LeBron to carry the torch, uh, waiting for you know Steph to do. It. But really, it might be 
the second tier athlete, right? And I was like, that's you, right? That's the dude who you can still walk in public, <laughs> right? And everything you do isn't parsed because if LeBron says anything, now that, that's, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking, and we won't even deal with the issue. We'll be dealing what, where LeBron falls on it. Mm-hmm. But it's like guys like you and Quan Bolden who – Got enough recognition to get some pool, got some stardom to get some pool, but also can still operate and, and get things done. It just made me think, like, that's that's the answer right there while we while we waiting for the next LeBron. You know, the way I view it now is, number one, LeBron could never be Ali. Absolutely. And, and the reason I say that, though, it's no disrespect to LeBron, is Ali didn't have to deal with the media. that Because now nowadays, if, once the media grab hold of something, it's going to take on a life of its own. And so, say if LeBron came out and tried to make a stand like Ali did, it won't carry the same weight because the media are, it, however the media portrays it and whatever part of they talk about is what's going to catch all the, catch wind. That's what's going to go. That's what's going to catch life. And so, for instance, when you look at Colin Kaepernick and everything he did, very little was uh, talked about what he was kneeling down for. The whole issue that was on every channel you looked at was Colin Kaepernick kneels down during the national anthem. And that's all everybody talked about. It was never Colin's kneeling. Only person you heard speaking about what Colin was kneeling down for was Colin. Everybody else was... Is he wrong? There's troops that's fighting for this. There's such and such that's fighting for that. There's troops that die for this. He's disrespectful to the United States. He's disrespectful to slavery or whatever. It was never about what he's saying he's trying to get done. And so now imagine if LeBron James yeah. did that. Oh, uh-huh. now you're talking about does Nike have to pull their endorsement? That's does. the whole conversation, right? Exactly. That's the whole that, conversation. And that's that's all that will be talked about. It will never be about what LeBron is actually trying to put out there. And so when you look at things like this, that may be the answer because you'll get enough media attention on something to spread awareness of what you're trying to spread, yet – it won't take on the life of if LeBron said this, such, 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 such. And so that could be the answer. But when, also when I view that, and I not to say what LeBron believes in or what Steph believes in, because to be honest with you, I don't know neither one of their personal views when it comes to social injustice. But I think when you are dealing with social injustice and everything of its kind, it has to be something that you truly believe in. You know, in order to go out and stand up for something, Ali stood up for something because he truly believed in it. And everybody's always looking for that next Ali, but who's to say anyone believed in something as strongly as Ali believed in what he believed in? So I think, you know, uh, it's very important that you believe in it because when you do it, backlash is coming. So if you don't believe in something, why would you be willing to take backlash for it? When you do it... um, you know, you have to answer all these questions to be able to articulate what it is that you're necessarily saying that you believe in and and a lot of other stuff that come with it. So I think, you know, it's definitely something that you have to believe in and and believe very strongly in it. Because, say, Steph may say, oh, man, I believe we need change. And he can believe that. But if he don't want to stand up for change, why would he come out and say, hey, we need to stand up for change? And he's not going to be behind it because there's so much going to come with him saying that, number one. It's people saying, well, what you doing for him? And then the pressure of that starts to build up. So it definitely has to be something that you believe in, something that you're willing to spend time on. Um, and whatever else it is that's needed to be done, you have to be willing to do that. But it all starts with having a strong belief in it. You know, it really makes me uh, like things change when you're a father, dude. You like you start like I love hoop. I grew up on hoop, right? And it's fun, like that. My my job is tied to hoop, and so but it is like a little fantasy world, man. This this outside world can hit you, like yo. I spend my days at a basketball game, and the world is crumbling around. Yeah. I'm like I'm a dad now. I'm like I'm scared for my daughter. Like what 
what is we gonna do? In the words of Cedric the Entertainer, right? <laughs> what is we gonna do? Absolutely. I'm sure you feel it because you got an infant. My daughter's nine. You have an infant. Hold on, you got a nine, eight, eight. She's eight. She'll okay, nine. You got two girls. No, I have a son who's six weeks now. You don't have two other girls. No, I don't have a daughter who's eight. You got an eight-year-old daughter and a six-week-old six son. And to look at, I mean, she like she did a whole study on President Obama. She actually told me some facts about Obama that um, that I didn't know. She she goes she attends a school out here in Oakland, and it's a great school. And so they do studies on like Obama and President Obama and different things. And it's like, man, like that's pretty unique to be doing with a seven and eight-year-old. And she come home and ask questions about that stuff. And sometimes it's hard to answer. Like, how right. do you answer an eight-year-old girl saying, like, why why can't such and such get back in the country? Or like she have like if she have a friend at school, like, why can't my friend leave and get back in the country? Like, how do you answer that to an eight-year-old? That's where it gets tough and it puts everything into perspective. And then with a six-week-old, to, to tell him what he's growing up in when he understands, like, it really puts everything into perspective about how serious this stuff is and how what, what's going on right now may not, may not affect us completely, but how much would it affect our kids? And I think that's what people have to keep into perspective of. It may not affect you. Like, even some of the things President Obama did, we got some of the effects of it. Yeah. But. It ain't about us. It's not about <laughs> us. It's about who's coming after us that's really going to get more of the effects from what President Obama did than necessarily we're getting right now. And so, unless, of course, all of them are thrown out before they actually get to come to fruition, which some of have some of that has taken place. But True. Saginaw, Oakland, like different countries anyway. Yeah. Countries, uh, they on their own, <laughs> right? So, Different world. So I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I sit back and I just look and try to figure out how do you explain this to a kid because some of it, it's like I'm clueless on what to do on some of it. You, you, uh, you got an infant, right? And people, I, I remember when I, when I first had a kid, and like people just don't tell you how crazy it is. Like you, you hear people, I want a baby. Nobody tells you like how hard it is or the difficulties. I remember the first, the craziest thing I saw was I was changing my daughter's diaper and I'm a grown man, but I've never seen boo-boo come out, right? Like you're watching that, that's traumatized. You sit there and change, you're like, yo, right? A birth is crazy to yeah. watch. Yeah. How is that's your like, life different? Like it's, it's I, gotta be crazy. So seeing my son born, was different. Obviously, like my daughter's eight, um, but this is my firstborn. I've been with her since she was eleven months, and so I've seen everything with her. So you um, watched the birth I watched of your son on, on Facetime though, because I was in New York, in the, yeah. about to take off. I was sitting on a plane watching the birth of my son, and my mom is sitting there holding the phone and Facetiming for me. And I'm sitting there looking like. Hold on, she FaceTimed the. Yes. Why would she do that? Like, because I wanted to see it. Thanks. So you're like, Mama, hold it, hold it right in the crotch. I mean, <laughs> hey, I wanted to see it. Um, Turn the light on, Mama. <laughs> like that was pretty. That was. I was. I mean, that was. Dude, that's like just. First off. You need to have a class before that. Like, that needs to be in pre. But the thing is, though, even taking classes, the only way you ever really get the true experience is seeing it. And I can only imagine how it is to be there in person because I'm on FaceTime going nuts. I'm sitting in the plane like, oh! And, and, and the guy next to me looked at me crazy. I said, sorry, sir. So, I mean, you just watch something open up like that. That's crazy. And then, like all of a sudden, his head shot out. And I jumped out my seat. Oh! 
And the flight the flight attendant came up to I said, I apologize, I'm sorry. Like I'm freaking Bro, you out. Get deported. I, I'm I'm freaking out. And she's like, What happened? I said, I'm watching the son I'm the birth of my son. And they was like, Oh wow. Yell as much as you want. And and I'm watching that like, yo, this is this is amazing. Like, how does this happen? And yet Yes, people have told me this is, like, rough to watch. But they couldn't even tell me as bad, like, how bad it that's, really that's was. Like, crazy, that's something you really crazy have. Sight. You have to experience it to really understand, like, it get, I'll, take, I'll tell you what it did. She, um, Jaleesa went all natural. She did it natural and... Hold on, you mean no epidural? No epidural. Oh, that's gangster. Because I'm like, give me epidural and some annihilators. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. <laughs> give me some comfort foods. <laughs> it, it gave me a completely different respect for her and a completely different respect for women. You know, I, I've always been the guy who I think I'm pretty tough. And I've always, how could you possibly say a woman is tougher than a man? Like, that absolutely makes no sense to me. For anyone to say, as a woman, you're tougher than a man. Until then, I saw that. And then he saw life happen. And and I said, okay, I'm not that tough. Every man in the world I thought was tough isn't that tough. To actually have a whole human come out of you, it gave me a completely different respect, like I said, for her and for women in general. Just, I mean, to have a kid. They always say, I've always heard my mama used to tell me, having a kid is the closest thing to death. I completely understand what they mean by that. Especially now. you. She had you. And that's <laughs> also what it took me back to. It's like, yo, my mom went through this with me. Right. Like, are you kidding me right now? I told my, my mom, like, thank you. Like, I don't know how y'all do that. Like, it's amazing what, and so... I, it definitely gave me a newfound respect for women and what they go through. And um, have like, you played any games without sleep yet? I played. I who did we play? I you, can't remember which game it was, but I didn't get much sleep that night. And then, so my son usually naps at the time that I nap. And so that day, I'm like, all right, cool. He can come upstairs and nap with me. And so we napping. And he woke up 20 minutes later. I woke up, get him to calm down, go back to sleep. 20 minutes later, he wake up again. Wake up, get him to calm down. We go back to sleep. 17 minutes later, at this point, I'm now looking at the clock. So 17 minutes after I got him to go back to sleep, I lay back down to sleep. He woke up again. Now, at this point, I got like an hour and two minutes left before I got to get up. And I was like, all right. Did you say hour and two? Yes. <laughs> That's gangster. He got it down to the minute. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was literally timing everything up. And I said, all right, I'm going to just stay up. And I put him back to sleep, but I stayed up, and he woke up 13 minutes later. I put him back to sleep, and he woke up 17 minutes later. I said, all right, I only got 30 more minutes left. I didn't even try to put him back to sleep. I just let him stay up as long as he was going to stay up. And he went back to sleep soon. And of course, when I got up, he was knocked out. Of course, he was. Where'd and you get that game? That game was against. It was on a Tuesday night here. Let's see, who was that game against? Was that Miami? That game was Miami at home, and I'm not sure what my stats were. That's right. You all know I don't care sure. about stats, kick. I'm not sure how I played. I don't even remember. But I know one thing, it was brutal. And when I got home that night, my mom was still at my house. Um, the, so the guest rooms were taken up. Her mom was still at the house. I slept on the couch. I wanted no parts of that bed that night. So you, uh, you, you have a kid and you don't get any sleep and you're on the couch? What part of the game is that? I mean, it, it was... You know, like, so looking here, I had 13 points, nine rebounds, five assists. See, man, that story better if you got a triple-double. You like one rebound. And like, man, you, you was only plus three that game? 
It's a bad game for me. I'm saying, like plus three. That's embarrassing. So little, so 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 the little man is like hurting your career. Is that what you're saying? That night he did. <laughs> <laughs> That I mean, I, I've known you to get 30 on short rest. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I definitely have multiple times. That night was brutal. And and it wasn't just the night, though. Like, even on nights where you get short rest, you still got your nap. Where you like, this nap is going to get me here. And, like, he destroyed my nap. <laughs> like, I had nothing in the tank. This, this is your life. I'm going to be asking you about this whole existence the whole time. I'm telling you. Nobody's going to tell you about it. I'm going to give you my war stories. You're going to be like, yep, that just happened to me. Because there's no manual to say how much, like how many games you normally watch that you can't watch no more. Watch watch when you get to be four and you can't and just dominating all the TVs. I'll be ready to kick my daughter out sometimes. Like, this is my house. Well, that's the one thing I got going for me is um, I'm going to do all I can to make him want to love watching basketball. Right. And then he can sit down. What's he gonna do if he doesn't? Like he's you gonna be a a finger painting champion. The the house is big enough for you to bounce, dude. Go watch another TV. But I'm gonna watch this basketball game. Bounce, dude. (laughs) Get up out of here. I'm I'm watching this. Enjoy your evening, buddy. So man, you got uh, Hornets coming up. You got at LA who uh, might be a little upset. Uh, yeah. uh, and then you got the big one, big one coming up soon. Here's the thing: here, first off, I think y'all been bored for a lot of the season. Like I watch y'all, and I'm like, these dudes are bored. You get a big lead, and you just get disinterested. You know how I can tell when y'all start playing defense like me. You know how the defense I play, where I'm like. You never actually play D. You first you dare them to make the first shot, right? You like, I bet you can't make that, and then you make it, like make it again, and then that's your whole. That's my whole defense is like, man, you ain't gonna make that. You ain't gonna. When y'all start doing that, I know you bored. I was like, they ain't even playing for real. This is the best, you know, contesting team in the league. And by the way, you down a third, and, and shots contested. Since when? Third. Since when? In the last week, Robin Lopez is going nuts. I guess he's contesting everything. But uh, uh, you down. So I know you're on board. So part of me thinks, like, last year you had 73 to chase, and now you you don't have 73. What you going to do? You still got 40 games, 35 games left. I'll tell you what. At some point in the NBA season, I think everyone gets bored, whether whether you're losing, whether you're winning. At some point, 82 games, everyone gets bored. But I'll tell you what, how we brought that same team back from last year that we had this year, the boredom would have been at an entirely different level off the charts that you could have never believed. At least this year we had some things to figure out, how to play together defensively and offensively. That's kind of, for the most part, taking that out of the equation for us. Um, sometimes it still gets us, but like I said, it gets everybody. But um. You know, right now it's the dog days. Uh, last week or so, it's definitely been exhausting um, with the travel and games for me and pretty much everybody. But I know for me, for sure, I've been exhausted the last week. So it was, you know, it's good to have a couple of days in a row off and, you know, get back at it and, you know, try to rejuvenate, finish going to this all-star break strong. But it's it's been brutal these last this last week or so, last week and a half. I brutal? Sure. Y'all didn't lose by 40. And then Why you got else? the Clippers game coming up. Um, <laughs> the last time it feel good to it feel good to show the Clippers. Of course. Man. When did we play them? Wednesday, Friday, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Okay, so we played them Thursday. Thursday's game make this coming Thursday's game so much harder. If we would have won by seven, they still feel like oh like oh well like we took a loss. Now pride on the line. Pride like. Everything's on the line after you win by 46, so it definitely makes that game coming off a of back-to-back um, that much tougher. But it's the NBA. Sat- Saturday should be good for you. You'll be guarding Boogie. Yeah, Cuz is playing really well right now. I think he had 45, 17, and 6 yesterday, so he's playing really well. Um, I won't shoulder all of that load, but I'm sure, I'm sure I'll shoulder some of it. Speaking of which, they, the report today was he's getting uh, – they're talking with Phoenix about trading him. 
to 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 Phoenix. I don't know how true it is. Obviously, you know how that stuff go. Really, but yeah, I don't Man. know about that one. I don't know about that one. I don't know if Phoenix got enough. I take advantage. I mean, depending on what they got to give up. If I can keep Devin Booker and put him with Demarcus Cousins, yeah, you do that if you if you Phoenix in a heartbeat. If you Phoenix for sure. You're talking that Alex Lynn message hanging up the phone. <laughs> Get out of here! I well, know you gotta be Alex Lynn and more. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I know. I know you can't really go in. In Alex but. Lynn and more. Speaking of what, uh, the, sure. the next big game, I, I was charting, trying to chart your big games. Thursday is kind of a big game, but the Clippers just can't beat you guys, especially not without Chris Paul. I'm looking for Memphis is a big game because they keep smashing you. Hey, 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 let's <laughs> act like we didn't just blow a lead here. But we all that's smashing, one. beating y'all is like. So you got a bone to pick with Memphis. We owe them one for sure. Oklahoma City is it, and even that's like more hype than it I is. I didn't know that was a back to back. Back to back, Memphis that, to OKC. Whoo, yeah. that's nasty. Memphis to OKC. That's How probably long good. is that flight? I should be two hours, right? That's a brutal back to back. It is because Memphis is going to be physical, but 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 then you got the big Kevin Durant return, so it's probably good. He don't have to stew in it. You just come off a game. Got something to focus on. This is where your psychology thing is going to have to come in, right? You're going to have to have this dude ready to play. I think he'll be ready for that one. Um, yeah, that's brutal back to back. Maybe I'll maybe I'll rest that game. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is the question? You uh, hate it in both uh, both arenas, though. Yeah, for sure. But in OKC, more for sure. In, in OK, you you ain't. So I can't OKC. rest there. Uh, I love the hate. You ain't rested anyway. I love the hate. That's that's an amazing thing. You ain't rested anyway. Maybe I'll just rest in Denver, or maybe not. Maybe I'll just play. You ain't you ain't resting anyway. We shall see. You ain't resting. I want you. I'm looking for your big games. March 29th at San Antonio. Oh, Houston, San Antonio, back to back. There you go. That's, that's when, a brutal back. That's when he gets Washington's lit. playing well too. The end of this month, they're playing really yeah, well. Yeah, that's cute, Washington. They're playing really well. Get out! One of the hottest teams in the league right, right now. I'm with you. They won eight or nine, I think. Well, you did it, Dre. You got through your first one. That was excellent. Actually, that wasn't excellent. That was it was kind of subpar. It was all right. It was, it was like a it was like a plus three for you. That, that that's your plus three. <laughs> Plus three, I'll t- take that for the first one. Hey, man, it's Dre Day, Uninterrupted Podcast Network. Tune in. We out. <laughs>